This is Wrench Life. This is a long time coming. I've thought about doing this podcast for a long time. I've been working on Wrench Life for a long time. So, Your whole lifetime, in fact. Yeah, you could say that. So I'm Dave, or Wrench, or Gnar Wrench, uh, and I'm here with, with Blaze. Hello. And this podcast is going to kind of navigate the Wrench Life program, which is progression-based mental and physical health. And it'll also kind of be a platform to just kind of talk through life and mental health and physical health, just everything in that whole realm of, of feeling good. It's actually Wrench Life with a why. And the why is the question. Uh, why? Wrench Life with go. a why because there's nothing more valuable than feeling good, right? Everything For else sure. falls into place. So I'm going to start all these podcasts with uh, a segment I'm going to call A Beautiful Moment <laughs> because mindfulness is part of the is part of the wrench life philosophy. This is gonna be cool because you're gonna learn about it. So it's like kind of like you blazes the uh, is the meta viewer. There you go. Um, and uh, mindfulness is, is essentially living in the now, living in the moment, being mindful of things. So a, a beautiful moment is gonna be a segment where I just say a moment of beauty I experienced. Cool. And to encourage other people to, to recognize that. So here's my moment of beauty. It actually happened earlier today. I was in the car. Um, I got lunch with my friend, Madeline. And then I stopped. Uh, I got went to Ugly Duck and got a coffee just to drop it off. Uh, Dara, my girlfriend at work. Very nice. Um, and on Shuffle, a song came on that I normally would skip. But I said, you know what? We're going to listen to it. And this is my be- beautiful moment. Come on. Of course, it's going to be funny. This is uh, Beethoven's Sixth Symphony Symphony Pastoral. Oh, so nice. I'm driving down the uh, beautiful Monroe Avenue. (laughs) All the newly vacant buildings. But for real, Beautiful day out too. It's real nice, sunny. Exactly. All the exactly. snow is melting. You can really. Yesterday I had a moment like uh, I was driving to go uh, unbury my car that I finally got rid of this morning. Mm. It's been sitting in waste for two years. And I was I was driving all this. Sn- it was like in it was the light was all nice and the little snowflakes were coming off all the trees and mm. just looked like a snow globe. It was just oh, really pretty awesome. yesterday. I don't know. Yeah, that was exactly my moment. Like the sun was out. I should have the window open, get some light in here. Um, yeah, the, the sun was out, and there hasn't been a lot of sun lately, and it just, you know, just had a bunch of cups of coffee. I was feeling really good. I was doing something nice for someone. The sun was out, and then... I think life is telling me something there. Don't pause it. <laughs> but play yeah, that in the that, background. That, that that plays into uh in, into into the wrench life and pr- progression ba- based life and health like your younger classical music what the sh- what's that you know it's stupid it's antiquated but it's really quite beautiful like, you're not going to be 16 and like dude let's listen to some beethoven yeah. you know it's, but as an adult it's really nice yeah it's kind of 
uh, you can enjoy the nuances of it a little more yeah, when you're sure. a little older. Um, all right, so m- moving along here, an important distinction that needs to be made before we go into the wrench life is that wrench life is both a philosophy and an ideology. Okay, mm-hmm. and and I, I think it would be beneficial to outline exactly the differences between those things, roughly speaking, because it's like a, it's basically self-updating. So according to this website I found called differencebetween.net, you can, you can kind of guess what they do. Um, so this is uh, what they, their difference between philosophy and ideology. The framework for this, and most commonly, is, is political, but either way. Uh, according to difference.net. There are fundamental differences between philosophy and ideology. Ideology refers to a set of beliefs or doctrines that back a certain social institution or a particular organization, while philosophy refers to looking at life in a pragmatic manner and attempting to understand why life is as it is and the principles that govern behind it. Ideology expresses... This is really on the political side, but it'll, it'll all come together. Ideology expresses dissatisfaction with the current state and it aspires towards a future state whereas philosophy tries to understand the world in its current state uh, in other words ideology is aimed at changing the world whereas philosophy is aimed at seeking truth so to put that in the framework of health uh vegans are that's an ideology period yeah you know that it's just there's a, a few axioms of what it is and that is that is it it's not like um a more of an, a philosophy would be like, I don't eat anything that incurs suffering. And then you can, well, what is suffering? Yeah. How do you balance suffering? That's, so that's, that's maybe getting into the philosophy of it. But vegans typically aren't like that. Vegans are like flat out, period. That's it. Veganism right? is a really simple answer to a much more complicated question. Absolutely. Uh, so moving <laughs> along. Uh, ideologies discourage any thinking that goes against the basic doctrines that govern the ideology. Mm-hmm. So, like questioning what's an acceptable. And I'm trying to try. No, I'm not trying to bash vegans. I'm just saying, just using it as an example. Um, so the the uh, definitions and differences clearly uh, indicate that philosophy and ideology, if measured on a scale, would occupy two extreme ends of the scale. The purpose of any philosopher is to seek knowledge for the sake of wisdom and truth, whereas an ideologue's sole aim is to advocate and force his or her ideology wherever they can. Which, again, will not trying to bash the vegans, but that's that's their thing. Uh, philosophy is objective, whereas an ideologue, ideologue will always impose his or her ideologies or vision, and they'll discard anything else. Philosophy requires uh, structured thinking, whereas ideology has a lot more personal emotion in play. Uh, philosophy is neither harmful nor helpful as there is no advice behind it. On the other hand, ideology can bring both harm and good to a society or an individual. This is because the set of doctrines that govern the ideology may always may always not serve. It's a weird phrase, always not serve. Uh, may always not serve universal interests and ideologies demand advocacy and uh, conversion of other beliefs or thoughts that are against that particular ideology. So, however, blah, 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 we could go down here. So, yeah, here's, here's an important part of that paragraph. Ideology is born out of some philosophy. It has to be. So the conclusion, according to differencebetween.net, is 
here's the five conclusions. Philosophy refers to pragmatic, a pragmatic approach of looking and analyzing life, where ideology refers to a set of beliefs and rules belonging to a particular group. Philosophy aims to understand the world as it exists, whereas ideology is born out of a vision for the future that aims at changing the current state. Philosophy is objective, whereas ideology is dogmatic. Philosophy does not impact as ideology aims to impact. And all ideologies have an underlining philosophy, but not vice versa. So the reason that's important is because wrench life is both a philosophy and an ideology. It's like, it's a constant, like you're constantly using philosophy and mindfulness mm -hmm. and your meditative time to constantly update your personal ideology. Mm -hmm. The thing that Wrench Life is pointing out is that every, not my ideology of health is not the same as Blaze's or anyone else's. Yeah. And as I imp implicate things I've learned and try this and try that and eat that or don't eat that, I'm constantly updating it. So it's not like the goal is to feel good. Mm -hmm. How I get there, we'll have a rough formula that we could all work off of, but ultimately we're all going to have a different formula. Everybody's body's different. Can't it, use the exactly. Same. And I think that's what separates this philosophy from everything else is that it's not like just... It's not a specific diet yeah, or way no of No carbs. Yeah. No meat. Yeah. Just, you know, it, it's... What works for you will definitely exactly. not work for everybody else. You can't eat yeah. pizza and drink and... Well, you can't. Or not, I mean, not everyone can <laughs> close out the bar every day, eat a slice of pizza, and then ride 60 miles in the morning, no problem. Like, that wouldn't, uh, that doesn't work yeah. for me. <laughs> yeah. But. So that that's the whole thing is like, it's both. And it's constant. That's why it's progression-based. That's why, which will actually segment my next piece of this is how it is progression based and it's based on goals mm -hmm. and the ultimate goal is to feel good and that's a great like it's like a meta goal like that that every goal you have will be roughly under that subset of goals yeah uh and i think a big error in most lifestyle things or 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 diets is that it has this like ideological goal like i'm keto yeah there's the <laughs> that's the goal there's keto. The answer done keto keto like what when for how long why like till something better comes up till someone else tells me what to do it's kind of like yeah the, and just when you have a, a pipe dream goal you're so it's like there's no you're real not foundation. gonna reach it like if your goal is just keto yeah you're it's it's virtually impossible to be in keto all the time and it's an insanely antisocial diet yeah and you're going to fail at being in ketosis all the time. And if your goal is just keto. Yeah. It's like, well, when you fail and you break it back into your old shitty diet, you fall so flat on your face because it was just this like ultimate goal. Keto. Yeah. What? Yeah. There what? needs to be some more depth to it. Cause if you, exactly. you know, you to acknowledge that you might fail at your goals. And if, when you do, you need to have a plan for that. Yeah. Yeah. And this is, the, the complicated thing about wrench life, it, it, it's all these intersections between mental and physical health. So when you have, we'll have this nice, broad, ultimate goal. Feel good, right? Mm -hmm. And then within that, you will pick your sub-goals. Like, I was just uh, having lunch with Madeline 
and we're talking about running and I was, we had this exact conversation. I was like, if you were like, I want to run. Yeah. It's like, okay, well, how far? And if your goal is I'm going to run, uh, I want to run two miles and you don't run or do anything physical, you're going to go outside and you're going to go like a hundred yards and you're going to want to, you're going to want to die because yeah. running is terrible. It's like, that's, you could say you have a realistic goal. You mm. could be mindful of it and, and you could be like, all right, in a year, I want to be okay with running two miles. Then you that's work good. That's good. That. Like you could leave it open-ended like every day, once a month, like just, no, just two miles. I want to not have to sweat that. Okay. So we'll start, you know, we'll start by just walking, you know, and then maybe power walking. You have to think, you have to think through these things. So then you're working towards your goal. Yep. And then when this comes into the mental health side is every step, you get that little hit of serotonin that you, you reached your goal. Like I always say, the hardest part about running is that moment you stand up and decide to run. That's what I always say about the gym. The hardest part about going to the gym is just getting into the parking lot. Yeah. So many days I get there and I'm like, I'm like, oh, I'm here. Cool. I'm not going to back out now. Yeah, you can't. <laughs> yeah. So, like, that, that's a great example. It's just get there. And the days that you least want to do it are the most important days. So the days where it's easy is when you're already ready to do it. It's the one yeah. days you have to convince yourself to get up and outside or into the gym or whatever is the hardest. Yeah. No, and I say that getting up in the morning and going for a run immediately is not, it's more for my mental health than my physical health. Cause the first, like, so it's before you run, it's like 99.9% of you is like <laughs> running. Fuck that. Yeah. No. And then gonna 0. happen. 1% of you is like maybe. And then every time that, that part of you that wants to do it, whatever it is, wins mm -hmm. you it, it gains a bigger percentage you know it's it's essentially uh the neurology of a, of a feedback loop everything's positive feedback loop so every time you run you're more likely to run yeah so that percentage of you that's willing to do it gets stronger and stronger than the, the part of you that's you know to use the rogan thing your inner bitch yeah which i'll probably have to come up with my own version of that so i'm not plagiarizing <laughs> but i guess it still would be plagiarizing it just wouldn't be blatant copy <laughs> but i mean and to that like the um when you don't let that win is much is more detrimental than letting it win every time like it's harder to grow it than it is to let it just fall back yeah it's if you can ruin all that progress by you know letting your inner bitch take you over <laughs> yeah and the point of being progress based is it keeps you motivated mm -hmm. like it feels good to accomplish stuff feels really good it's like a, it's like my favorite thing in life is doing something and by choosing a, an, an incremental plan, you're constantly going to feel good about yourself. You're going to always be on that step. You're going to be progressing toward it, you know? And you, you can pick your pace as long as it's a realistic pace and not the running pace, although it would be the running pace. Yeah. So articulating goals is, is a huge piece of, of, the, of the wrench life philosophy and ideology. Like, I literally, like, when I started running... I wanted to not hate running. That was pretty much my goal. Like, just, I want to be like, if I want to run, I'll just go for a run. And, yeah. and not be like, this is going to be the worst thing in the world. Mm -hmm. And I don't think it's any, it's not, like, it's still probably the worst thing in the world, but I don't sweat it. Yeah. Because that's the reality. It's like running doesn't necessarily really get easier. You just get tougher. Mind over matter is such like a overused cliche term. 
but it is pretty remarkable what uh, you can make your body do if you put your mind to it. Yeah, step by step. It's like just... I think that's what's good about the uh, Wolf Brigade where you go is that, you know, you're all doing the same stuff in the classes, but you, you constantly, uh, you could just up the weight just slowly. And you're still yep. doing it as ever. It's not like you're getting left behind because you're all doing the same thing. It's mm-hmm. just you pick your weight. And when you say, if they say over there, if it's... Uh, if you're getting toward the end, you can't get there. Just switch to a lighter one. Yeah. Not don't reach the goal of seventy of them or twenty of them. Just <clears> down the weight, and that's okay to down because you're then you're st- like, if you lower the weight but still get to the benchmark. Yeah. It's not as good a hit as serotonin, but you're still getting you still finished it. Yeah, exactly. Like, you can limp to the finish line, not well, not physically. That's an expression. Like if you're limping to the finish yeah. line, you might be injured, and that could be an issue. Yeah, but. But yeah. like uh, scaling is not a demotion. If you, you know, as long as you're making your body do the correct motions, that the weight is less relevant than doing the motion correctly. I'm trying to find this um, quote um, from Jefferson that I was just telling someone about. Uh, I was just giving someone it's really kind of funny um, advice on uh, building their credit score, which is completely <laughs> random. But we got into talking about because she said she wanted to grow up. You know, she she's wants to be more serious about her life and all those things and not act like such a child and i was pointing out how so many people that are my age um 30 ish are kind of like they want to they want to push off being an adult because they've over incentivized no they've overvalued the lack of having responsibility not irresponsibility just the lack of having responsibility uh so i basically said you know get serious and get tough so the quote uh, is um, the most fortunate of us wow. the most fortunate of us in our journey through life frequently meet with calamities and misfortunes which may greatly afflict us and to fortify our minds against these attacks these calamities and misfortunes should be the principal study and endeavors of our lives which is like fuck yeah like I just there's a somebody from Wolf Brigade posted something really similar to that today hold on so yeah, you pull, pull that up, Jamie. Yeah. So well, you'll pull. I'll, I'll elaborate on that. So like in line with what I was saying before, it's it's not like life gets easier or the running gets easier or or, or pain becomes less painful. It's you become more tolerant to mm-hmm. those things. So the quote was, um, "The more I experienced loss, the more I discovered. The more I experienced adversity, the more I became indifferent to it, refused to submit." Absolutely. So it's. it's Oh, it's a, a little summed up version of that almost. That wouldn't apply if you're in an arm, in an arm bar, though, because then you'll, if you don't submit, you'll, you'll probably break your arm. Yeah. The, the, I don't know anything about fighting. Me either. Wrestling. I used to backyard wrestle. <laughs> Trying to learn how to kickbox. Hell yeah. I might go tomorrow, assuming work. You do Muay Thai. That's uh, Spanish for more Thai. Ah, uh, yeah. <laughs> Very Thai. Very Thai, yeah. <laughs> Very bueno. Yeah, so that's like the un, one of the really underlying... You know, I'd say one of the axioms of, of, of wrench life is that you're, the progression you do is constantly fortifying you and being tougher, being better. You know, directly behind me, no one can see because this is only audio, is the, is the, is the uh, wrench life poster, which is on the website, which is wrenchlife.com with a Y because there's nothing as good as feeling good. <laughs> um, so there's this infographic. I'll break it down more, but it, it kind of, Actually, it's very, very thought out. And actually, it's funny. The longest run I ever had was trying to think through this. Oh, really? 
yeah like perfect like it's re- this is a really complicated thing and trying to break it down into something that kind of gets the gist of it and like kind of an info infographic type deal i just went out for a run i don't ever run far yeah i think i ran like four miles maybe that's pretty far i never did more than like maybe two and a quarter before and then i was literally just like i need like i get obsessive about stuff clearly and uh i was like i gotta figure this out and i gotta figure it out today and it was uh raining so i wasn't gonna ride because riding in the rain's apparently a lot worse than running i guess i don't know what i was thinking uh so i went out and i ran and i just kept running and i was putting it together playing it out in my head playing it like actually like visualizing that exact graphic Mm -hmm. until it came together and then i my legs were so fucking sore for like four days i hadn't ran for a while before that too but uh that gets a little more technical we can get into that a little in another podcast about the specifics of the infographic but at the very bottom it says you i'll move over a little bit so you can see oh yeah yeah it, it yeah, says yeah. you goals value systems that's and then everything is on top of that it's and it's a it's a, a triangle the tip down and and uh if you think about it in terms of of weight mm-hmm. so the all the weight of that triangle is at the very bottom tip and that's where you are you're holding all of it up you have to be involved or there's nothing at all makes sense and uh for you to go anywhere you obviously need to have the goals so above you is the goals because without the goals there you like you have goals everyone has goals you don't know like you don't realize you have goals but like everything you do is based on a goal and you can define that goal based on your actions like most people don't even know why they do what they do i play that game with the kids why what do you mean why but why? Because I want to. Yeah, why? why? I like it. You just told me the same thing again. Why? You know? It's interesting that kids usually run through that line of questioning, but never apply it to themselves. Yeah, right. You know, it's like they'll, they'll go up to your parents like, oh, why is this? Well, because this. Well, why? Because this. Well, why? And they always say, why, why, why? But they never think about what they're doing. Yeah. And I think if that was something kids thought about more, they would be a lot more aware of their actions and their feelings. For sure. You have to think through why. Yeah. And and that's because the whole wrench life thing is a, is a, is a, it comes back to it. Your mindfulness and the meditative uh, low intensity activity that's part of the plan will have you thinking about your goals. And then so then above goals on the on the infographic is the value systems and the value systems are the value systems really are um, the the axioms in which you measure your goals. And they kind of they have to they have to self update. Same thing like the philosophy and the ideology have to self update the way your goals and value system self update. That's why the whole thing is so complicated. Like the Charlie meme we we're talking about, where it's like the you're putting together the, the murder case and it has all yeah. the pictures and the string. It's like I, that's how I feel like with this thing. But yeah, it's super. It's it's simple yet complicated because it's always self updating and figuring out where all these intersections lie is is really the answer it's almost like a map yeah and we're, we're all building a map versus versus our 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 diet our physical activity our our you know our goals our values and my map is not going to be your map anyone could look at a map and say oh that's a map i'm not a cartographer but that's a map yeah it's super super and super important yeah you need to be able to update your 
your your ideology through philosophy so, to, I'm, so I'm you don't become stagnant, right? Shoot from the hip right here for you. Yep. What is your highest order goal, Blaze? Oof. Um, but honestly, it is just to feel happy. That's a, that's yeah. a, something I actually always think about. Is just um, it's a stupid thing, but whenever you know, like you wish on your like birthday candles when you're a kid. Yeah. I would always just say to be happy. Really? Yeah. That's something I always thought about. I wanted a monster <laughs> truck. Did you ever get it? No. Your truck's kind of a monster truck. That's <laughs> oh, just so beautiful. I'm just picturing Gravedigger smashing cars in that place. <laughs> you know what's funny? Um, the first um, music I ever owned, well, actually it was my dad's, but the first thing I ever actually like, like I would consider like music I liked that was my music is I had a, um, a Vivaldi Four Seasons cassette tape. I don't even know what that is. Vol- Vivaldi, the Four Seasons. Oh my God! It's um, if you were to hear it, you would know it. Hold on. Uh, it's it's like some of the most famous classical music. Um. Uh, hold on. <laughs> YouTube autocorrect. Vivaldi Fortnite. <laughs> no, I don't think so. Um, Vivaldi, the Four Seasons. It's like uh, uh the one one's like. Da-na-na. All right, whatever. I'll just put it oh. here real quick. Um. It's it's like iconic music. Oh god, of course. I don't want to take a YouTube fucking survey right now. Uh, this is a spring. Oh, uh, okay. That's spring, that's upbeat. It's like yeah. you know whatever. I go ahead here. Probably summer next. That would make sense chronologically. It's probably in the comments. It's probably split up. You can probably just oh number, wow, number you're it. fucking smart, dude. I watch a lot of YouTube. It's disgusting. It's actually not there. Wait, is it, it in the description? Show more. Oh, summer ten thirty one. See. Well, I guess my internet's not working, but yeah, the Vivaldi Four Seasons is a classic, iconic piece of music. <clears throat> Sometimes when I drive my uh, uncle's car. I put on the classical music station. Mm. That's pretty funny. Mm-hmm. I just listen to the motor though. Yeah. Sounds pretty good. Yeah. Um, yeah. So what? Going back there with like ultimate goals type stuff. Part of what Rent's Life will aims to offer is the framework for you to answer that question. Like when someone says like, "What are your what's your what are your goals?" You should be like, "Boom, boom, boom," or you should be like, "At what time scale?" Yeah. Like having those things defined is 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 absolutely essential. And realistic. You can't just be like, oh, I want to be a fucking astronaut. It's like. <laughs> That's realistic for some people. You know, Not for me, though. Yes. I'll definitely get hurt. <laughs> yes, it's a shadow government. <laughs> oh, God. Um, yeah, realistic goals. Like, what do you. like? Well, if you want to be specific, I guess there are some things I do work towards as being a cook. I do want to run my own kitchen at some point in the near future. I was um, actually exploring some newer options in my career path and it's it looks like I, I might be able to you know be in charge of a kitchen sooner than i thought and it'd be cool to do that before i'm 30 is it oh goal. yeah for sure i don't want to be some washed up 30 year old sous chef that's pretty lame especially if i'm still here in rochester one of the things i um <laughs> after i started i had the skate park going and did all that i was like oh this isn't that bad like it seems like a crazy thing like to own your own business but after i did it i was like oh i kind of was kicking myself in the butt like i could have done this at 25 Mm -hmm. 
probably not 20 because I was an idiot. I'm still an idiot. Less of an idiot, though. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, I was talking to my girlfriend about it, and she was like, you know, I don't, to be honest, I don't think you're ready for that kind of position. And I'm like, I don't either. Mm. But, you know, and, and I don't think it's good to really compare your, your life against everybody else's all the time. But mm. I've, I've heard a lot of, a lot of prominent chefs have gone through being thrown into a position mm-hmm. they're barely qualified for. And yeah, it's terrible, but it really, you know, teaches you a lot because you're sure. really forced to, to take on more challenges and more responsibilities. A lot of what I learned, uh, hold on. I had a bike shop that burned down, uh, and in rebuilding that, what I learned in the rebuilding and reopening and all that paid paid uh, paid back huge dividends when it came to starting my own business. Because like, oh, I've looked at leases before. I've mm-hmm. done you know, all this stuff, and I would have never known that had that terrible event yeah, not occurred. Exactly. Which will <clears throat> actually t- in line with the the girl I was talking to earlier about uh, building credit. What I said to her is like, you know, growing up's not easy, and. When uh, my father died, I just got, you know, all of a sudden you're an adult and it's not mm-hmm. voluntary. Like, and there's like shit and there's nothing quite like that. Yeah. So what I was telling her is like, as much as you could, you know, pile on without being forced to pile it on once one day when it comes piling on and it's going to come piling on, you're going to be more prepared. Yeah. And just be acknowledging the fact that a day like that is going to come and not like, oh, it's coming like. Not not like preparing in a paranoid sense, but in a, a readiness. Well, yeah, of course. It's better to better to have and not need than need and not have. Yeah, I was talking to uh, one of my regular's parents. So this is someone who's got a 16-year-old kid. She's, I don't know, 50, maybe 48, mm-hmm. some, maybe 45, I don't know, mid-late 40s. And her parents are both still alive. And I was telling her there was such utility in being prepared for that thinking long-term, thinking existentially. My father had to talk about his death all the time, what he wanted to happen, and all this stuff. So when he when he just <laughs> died, I was like, oh, uh, oh okay, I, I've thought about this. Like, we've talked about this. Mm-hmm. I got to take care of this you know, and do that. And so when I was telling that to this person who was, you know, 20 years older than me, they were like fingers in the ears, la, 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 I don't want to, I don't want to talk uh-huh. about it. It's like, what? That's so scary. Like That's you, so much more scary than acknowledging devastated it. when that happens. You're going to be useless too. And that, that's the time you need to be really prepared yeah. for everything. You know, I've, I've experienced some loss in that. Like we've talked about in the other podcast, Yeah, my, uh, my uncle passing and that was very sudden. And, um, his will was very, very out of date, including an ex-wife and such. Um, and that was really hard. And you, you don't like to think about it or, like to pretend you want to pretend it won't happen but um especially when money's involved someone dying can really throw throw a wrench in a in a, in a family you know it's It'll not throw a wrench into your life yeah not a wrench life life <laughs> but um yeah it's something that needs to be prepared for um when my stepfather died he had uh had been terminally ill with cancer for a long time so we were very prepared for it and that was a much easier experience you know um, with just the ceremonies and the mm. what he wanted yeah. done with his body and all that stuff, stuff you don't want to think about. But when it comes down to it, you want to have had talked about it rather than yeah. just being like, "Well, what did he want us to do?" 
and then you have to fight with your your family about it because you're you and your mother or brother or sister might have a very different idea of what you want with your body after you've passed Mm. yeah so one of the things in in as i mentioned earlier in the rinse life is the i said the low low um what the fuck is i saying jesus christ it's like a meditative low low um why am i saying it like that i literally have the freaking document in front of me i could just pull it up but yeah it was um i came up with a term i was using for it because like i was trying to figure out this mad scientist wrench freaking thing but yeah those uh in like going out and doing meditative activities to think through you know all these things in life and these existential things and and what is considered to be mindfulness i can't even find on this page now doing a terrible job we need jamie yeah right need josh on a computer somewhere i I could have swore i had this written down i had it broken maybe i never saved it no it's google docs it has to be saved oh man wow i'm botching this shit right now I could have swore I had this written down. I had like an acronym for it. Whatever. Oh, yeah, that's what I had. Okay. it's So I had all the activities within the program are based on either it's stress relief or stress stress management. Mm-hmm. Uh, so stress, stress management time is uh, exactly what it sounds like. It's going through those things and thinking through that stuff so to to not get too far into that like i can't if i go out on a run or a ride i can't listen to a podcast or an audiobook and let like my mind just won't let me listen to it because there's stuff rattling around in my brain mm-hmm. and that's kind of how i came to this 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 formula of the stress management so st- activities so stress management activities would be something that's physically engaging but not super engaging so that's you know a mellow bike ride a walk not a run a mm-hmm. walk a hike, which is just walking on dirt. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's uh, something that uh, Greg at the gym says is like you says he's you're busy, but you're not. Yeah, exactly. You know. So you need to go out, and this is in the wrench life philosophy: is that you have to have this time, and everyone's got a different amount of time where you have to go out, and while well, just you're just walking around and riding or whatever, and you're thinking through all the things that are stressing you out, and you kind of have to, you know, it's like the messy desk analogy, like. There's this camera here, that camera there. There's like 900 cables on this table. There's all the mail, and you know, once you know, once a week or so, you sit down, you My go through the mail. Yeah, you go through the mail. You, oh, that's junk mail. You file that away. You put the camera away. You put the camera on the charger. You fold up the cables. You know, like you have to do that mentally mm-hmm. on a regular basis. Just ma- just stress management. Once you've done that, then you can start to practice like mindfulness or work on your own personal like philosophy towards your ideology and in the plan it's basically going to be like you're going to kind of meditate on your progress like you're not going to be able to just be like oh i'm gonna do this wrench life thing or whatever and you're gonna just sit down and write down all your fucking goals because you don't know them but you'll start with oh i'm gonna you know twice a week three times a week 12 times a week i'm gonna go out for a you know a walk in these various parks because there's parks everywhere that you're not going into. It's so great. Rochester, just, we're so fortunate in Rochester. Oh, 
There's cool. nature everywhere. So neat. <laughs> I need to stay. So you're going to find all this neat stuff. So you got to go out. You, 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 first, you got to think through all the crap that's on your mind. Once you've thought through the crap that's on your mind, then you could work on your your personal, like, wrench life. Then once you've done that, you've already been practicing mindfulness training. It's a little meditative. And you can then use that to think about these big things in life. Like, what are you going to do when you die? Who's going to give a shit when you die? What do I do when my mom dies? Like, those big things, those are all shadows you're living under that you don't want to think about. Mm-hmm. But, like, part so, of you is thinking about it all the time. It's almost like um, if your mind is like a desk and you're going to try and write your goals down at that desk, but on the desk is just covered with paper and mail of all these thoughts that you need to actually deal with and you're just not bills and whatever else you have to like it's a clear fantastic the, analogy so to clear the desk off so you can write your goals down yeah like th- th- there could be a piece of paper that uh, that paper there could be my goals but with all the clutter around this desk i can't read that yeah and may- i wrote it in garbage handwriting <laughs> and and thinking through all those goals takes it from being you know scribble on a piece of paper to typed out in a word document printed out on a clipboard in the middle of your desk with nothing on it yep and then a pen and a checkbox yep like and it's almost like even if you're not a goal-oriented person somewhere in your head you probably know that if you were to look at it and write a goal down you would be held accountable for it so it makes it a real thing yeah and you don't want to go through all the process of getting to it because you know then you'll have to hold yourself accountable to it and that's just work and people don't like to work it's hard mental health is physical health that's why on the infographic anything that mentions anything about the body is at the top and it's all standing on you and the goals it's the single most important thing without goals well everyone has goals they're just they don't know what their goals are like you have goals every like any action anyone does you could look at it and be like what they do like you might think you're like you're doing things every day mm-hmm. and you might think that you're doing it for a certain reason someone else can look at what you're doing look at the patterns what you're doing and they can absolutely figure out what you're aiming for and it might not be what you think you're aiming for mm-hmm. like you could be lying to yourself and you because you're dumb we're all dumb yeah <laughs> like, well it, it's like if you really objectively look at your own life like if i look at my life right now i i waste a lot of time because i don't want to think about those things my desk is pretty messy and i yeah. intentionally just throw paper and and uh oh that's way better <laughs> yeah you just throw in paper and like instagram at at my desk yeah. so i don't have to look at my goals and the things i need to do instagram is, is a great example because you could like i could really quickly go on anyone's instagram feed and quantify what they're posting why they you know what it is how they're posting it how they're captioning it and in probably 10 minutes of mediocre uh you know just mediocre analyzing analytical time i could pretty much figure out what you're what you're aiming for mm-hmm. and most people on social media it's validation just validation through uh you know a social framework yeah it's it it is it is a it's a crazy social experiment instagram just yeah people it, it even if you're not um that's not like your end game to be to put on like a better version of your life that's what you're doing any any action of like well i want to if I'm going to take three pictures and I pick the best one, you're still editing your life to make it look Mm -hmm. better to whatever you Mm -hmm. see. And even if that is just to like, when you look back at it, like remember it the best it could be rather than like Mm -hmm. this horrible thing. I don't know. It's just, it's editing your life. Yeah. (laughs) And people take uh, social media a lot more seriously because our brains are, 
aren't wired for that. You're not supposed to be able to know what's going on all the time. Oh, and yeah, we're we're definitely going to go into social media. Well, I'm I'm planning on doing probably one a week of these. Hopefully, you know, you could be here for most of them or someone for that matter. And I'm going to generally generally I'm going to be doing research on all the things we're talking about so I can mm-hmm. pull up data and statistics and, and research that's been done on it so I could support it better than just talking about it and then you won't do the <laughs> research but then you will be asking me the questions that maybe other people are thinking but social media is so super super fucked up it's like people people don't want to go out and run as much as they want to post a picture that people knew they run knew they were running yeah right? it's you're you're looking for external validation and wrench life is here to find your internal validation because when you're internally validated it doesn't matter what other people think about you like i don't give a shit you know yeah like like if i'm like i'll just wear my riding gear where i go anywhere like yesterday we rode in the snow with lindley and we went to bantam in like our full snow gear like covered in just dirty as shit and it's like people will judge you for how you look it's, and, it's and that's like, interesting to watch in itself because then you can analyze how someone analyzes you mm-hmm. and how they treat you accordingly and it's just a weird it's just a weird thing <laughs> and then social media allows that without even meeting anybody or talking yeah. and you can social media really really points out how misguided people are mm-hmm. how unarticulated their goals are no very few people so I'm 30 and younger. So people in my age demographic and lower, they can get so much validation by just projecting that they're doing something rather than doing something. And they don't have to do it like at all. I don't tell them. I don't, like I, t- I talk about what I do, but I'm not posting all my rides on Strava or my run statistics. Yeah. Like, and I don't give a shit whether you run 10 miles or one mile. Like if, <clears throat> if one of my friends runs, like good yeah it's awesome Just run yeah don't don't post that you're going to the gym every day yeah i went to the gym the last like nine days in a row well not in, in a row but like last week i did five yeah. days in a row this week i did four i didn't post about it it's like essentially they're they're saying i go to the gym so i'm i'm a gym guy i'm, I'm a healthy guy yeah. it's like they're not going like you could look at someone and be like yeah you look you look good you look healthy or like when you feel good you 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 project that you feel good. Mm-hmm. People instead of actually trying to feel good, they just project this thing that hides, you know, that they actually don't feel good. You know, they just want the end the end result rather than doing the work to get there. And po- posting on social media is a really easy way to do oh that. Oh my god, yeah. Like why why you don't have to eat healthy every day if once a week you post on social media that you ate something that you think is healthy or, or every that day generally post- people think is healthy. <laughs> Or every day you post your your bowl and your uh, your fake avocado toast with fake meat on it, you know. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Like you don't like God. It, it's really embarrassing. Really, really <clears throat> embarrassing. And and when once you realize that, once you like you think through all those things, because you're 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 constantly. And I mean, you're in a medicine like everyone. Mm-hmm. You're analyzing what people are posting and you, and you're inferring stuff from it. Mm-hmm. Well, you should do that for yourself. Yeah. And that's what that part of that meditative space is going to be is thinking about that. Why did I post that? Who is that aimed for? Like you post something like everyone, everyone is going to relate with what I'm going to say right now. You've posted something on social media because there was one person you wanted to see. Yeah. One person. You wanted one person to see it. 
What was that? Sounded like something died. Everything's still on. Might have been the computer going to sleep. Oh. Well, yeah, for sure. There, you ha- there's there's always a time where you post something on, on social media just for the attention of one specific person. It's really quiet now. I wonder if, we're getting, if we were getting feedback on the computer before. Yeah, it definitely sounded like a fan. Whatever, we'll see on the if I get on the computer and there's feedback, we'll have to redo all this. That's fine. It's we'll be better the same. Yeah, exactly. Time <laughs> um and it it takes some weird level of narcissism to be to post on social media that I don't think people consider like it, it, you you have to really think you're some kind of something interesting mm-hmm. to post a picture of your fucking face every day. Mm-hmm. And you know, I I find myself every time I try to post something on any social media, I'm like, who really cares? Why does yeah. anybody fucking care about what I have to think? Like, it doesn't matter. Like, people post it because they don't know. They don't really know. But what they act, what they know is I post it and I feel good about myself. Well, mm-hmm. why do you feel good about yourself? Well, because other people are going to see it and they're going to get like, they're going to like it and they're going to comment it. And that's essentially like someone, you meeting someone and they like, hey, I like you. And I feel, wow, people like me. Yeah. So it's like this fake distillation of people actually liking you and engaging with you right yeah it hacks into your like dopamine and serotonin oh yeah it's, yeah. it's like it it's it's it throws weird chemical imbalance in your head or balance yeah a, an artificial balance have you thought about balance are we even real <laughs> like <laughs> you post it because it feels good why because people like it why do people like it <clears throat> i don't know like when you go down that when you go out there and you're walking in the woods and you keep asking yourself why and why and why you can really get to the bottom of it it sucks you don't want to be like that that's not a necessarily fun place to be in like you don't want to sit there and question yourself because that's the hardest thing to do the the hardest person to catch is yourself Mm. if you're just sitting there thinking about everything you like or don't like about yourself it's it's hard it's it makes you want to just pull up your phone and scroll through instagram and so you don't have to listen to it well, the reason your you can't voice. catch your own shit is because you know exactly where to hide it because you're you. Mm-hmm. And for a lot of people, it's something they've never thought about and they build these barriers and carp- mm-hmm. um, compartments in their head where they just don't think about themselves. I had a great talk with my brother about whether repressed memories really exist or not the other day. It was like super good. Gary's really smart. Uh, he's definitely going to be on this. Oh, yeah. Later. He wants to move here and then he'll probably be in a lot of these. That'd be so awesome. It won't be for a while, but... He's just like, him and I have been on our journey together, not together, but like we both had our struggles. We're obviously from the same family and we talk a lot, a lot, a lot. And, you know, I bounce off of him and he bounces off of me and then we bounce it both off of, you know, our, uh, you know, childhood and stuff. And, and it's been immensely beneficial for me and I'm sure it's been beneficial for him. So I'll tell you, one of the things I realized through all this meditative space, like a fundamental core thing about me and uh and 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 it actually echoed through like history it's pretty interesting so by asking i kept asking myself about these things i hate mm-hmm. why don't i like that like why do i like why do i hate this shameful social media sel- selfie stuff mm-hmm. why do i hate people that you know everyone hates the guy with like the fucking nice sports car or whatever you know and I realized that no matter almost everything that I strongly have a everything that I have a strong distaste for boils down to decadence. Mm. It's all at the bottom of all of it is decadence. And then all my favorite things 
favorite people, you know, is the counter to that. It's like humble stuff, right? Everything I hate is, is comes down to decadence. And then I was thinking about my childhood and we were pretty poor growing up. So we had not a lot of stuff, but we had a pretty wholesome childhood before my parents split. And then after they split, like it just deteriorated to, to hell. And so I had basically nothing and then less than nothing. So I think at the core, and this is just me and my journey now, this could be different later. I think at, at the core, it's like, I don't like decadence because people don't appreciate what they have. Because sure. and I know I appreciate everything I have because I used to have nothing. Yeah, you know, and that was like kind of mind blowing. It's like something you always knew. It's like I always knew that, but I didn't like know that. I art like I finally articulated and be like, oh shit. Yeah. Wow. That's crazy. Like yeah, and it's so crazy. I've had a million, million realizations about myself through meditative writing space, and it's absolutely mind-blowing that's something you've experienced that you've thought about like a hundred times that just one day just by thinking about it all of a sudden it's like bing yeah wait that's it where the fuck did that thought come from did i always know that how like that like it miraculously appeared in my head that the one time i did this one shitty thing to my girlfriend it was actually because of this and i didn't realize it at the time Yep. That's, How do I know that now? And I never knew it before then. It's just time, man. It's just like thousand monkeys on a typewriter. Eventually, they'll write Beethoven or whatever <laughs> yeah, right. or a uh, play. It's the you know. It's like when you look at um, uh, uh, like like monks or whatever. Those people that just sit in a you know sit in a monastery and think all day and don't do anything. And that's that's yeah. why they come up with all these ideas is because all they're doing is trying to make those connections and think and think Mm -hmm. and think and not be afraid of their own thoughts and their feelings and the demon inside of them that everyone has that you you know they acknowledge what them what they are as people and how they got there yeah so we're uh, this is almost getting to an hour so i'm gonna wrap this up shortly but like like i said before i that those realizations are are what i want everyone to have like I look like I'm doing okay in life and I'm in decent shape and all this stuff, but it wasn't always, it wasn't always like that. Like I was horribly depressed for a long time and I've kind of, I figured out through like just trial and error, years of trial and error, I made it work and I'm like so happy now and it's mind blowing. I like, it freaks me out. Like I can't even, I can't even say I'm happy without crying. Wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, and the people, the pe- <laughs> and the people like that seem to have it the most together usually have been through the most struggle. Like I, you know, I came from a much different background, a lot, a lot more, admittedly, a lot more fortunate, and with that comes with a lot of weird guilt because I know people have a lot of like, like your story, like a lot different, yeah. and I, I've wrestled with like, it's, it just seems so like fucking pretentious for me to say that i i've struggled with how easy my life has been and you know there's been times of serious depression that you know i had to work my way through but you you only get there by by looking at it and dealing with it yeah it only gets worse if you avoid everything (sighs) 
Yeah, I'm I'm glad you're here because you came from a different background and you seem pretty uh, conscious of, of those things and a lot of people aren't. So I think that there's a there's a we have a similar there's a a lot of similarities that we have and there's also huge differences and I think it'll be really beneficial to the conversations we're gonna have. Yeah. But yeah. I mean I um you know, I grew up upper middle class, only child and I never never had to worry. I still don't really have to worry, but I try to work like I have to worry. Hmm. And you know, my mom just worked constantly. What you know, ever freelance work she could do or whatever like she didn't have to work that hard <laughs> yeah but she just did to make sure that we never had to worry and i think my both my parents didn't they didn't grow up poor but you know the work ethic is everything man like it's yeah i don't know it's just it's, i don't know i've totally lost my train of thought <laughs> yeah it's fine. <laughs> I, I like i derailed there before um yeah like i never ever ever thought i would be happy like, i used to be like Oh, it's fine. I'm I'm content with with never being happy. Like I was only ever aiming f- to be content, you know. And like I'm here now, and it's like mind blowing to me that I got here, and I really want to help other people figure it out. It's one of the biggest realizations I had, like way well 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 before any of this really started, was that, like, I used to be really mad at the world, mm-hmm. and it was like, basically, it was like, fuck you. You don't know what a real problem is. Yeah. Right. And then eventually I realized I, I like I had I figured it out. Like, hold on. Like my worst day feels like your worst day. Feels like anyone else's worst day. Like and you can have worse days, but like that feeling, the way your feelings work and your emotions work, like your worst day is your worst day. Yeah. And if and if like m- my worst day was like laying on the floor like contemplating killing myself versus someone else's worst day is like my mom took the car away or something it's yeah. like it generally feels about the same you know it's, it's really really easy when you're that depressed person to be like screw you you don't know what this feels like exactly but when i when i finally came to terms with that being like oh no like sadness is sadness you know it, discontent is discontent like we it, we all feel the same and i i should not be bitter and I should not be resentful of someone else who doesn't have it as bad as me because that's a horrible long-term tactic, and that will just keep you in that negative mind space. It's toxic as fuck, dude. Yeah, no one, no one has any business telling someone else how they how they feel or the severity of their feelings. You know, I think the only thing you can ever really be sure of in this world, because who knows if we're real, man, <laughs> is. Um, is like how you feel you know if you feel a certain way that's how you feel and no one can tell you any how different how am i supposed to feel you gotta ask question your, though you gotta ask yourself man that's that's the only thing you have control of is yourself exactly. and your feelings and that's why we're here the conversation is it like by you and i are two other people talking about their you know their worst moments or their saddest days or any of those things that like i can't tell you what to feel right I can't exactly judge you for it, but we, I could ask you questions about it. Like, why? What, what happened? You know, what led you to be there? You know, was it your own fault? Like, chances are, like, it, it's always your own fault. Yeah. To what percentage? Like, 100%? 90%? It's a lot of stuff that, that is not is completely out of your control. Like, you know, 
forces it be or whatever things anything that just happens but it's how you interpret it can make anything your own fault and you'll get a full there's a full spectrum of people with that like some people when something goes wrong their immediate reaction is it's 100 percent my fault mm-hmm. and when you're depressed that's pretty much is the default because because you just you're just worthless yeah and then there's another side of other scale of people where something happens and it's everyone else's fault which can also be de- depressed people like not everyone's the same way maybe you feel both ways but like obviously being in a a mind space where you can critically analyze those things and come to a a realistic you know answer or something that approximates some sort of answer for the time being like you could always go back and re-meditate on that stuff and come up with a, a better answer but any answer is better than no answer mm-hmm. and i'm trying i want to help people get those answers and the mental health comes first yep i think that'll i'll end it right there that's pretty good pretty good synopsis um the next one we'll do i just i want to establish kind of where i came from to kind of you know get an idea of where this is coming from Sweet. Because I don't want it to be like, you know, business owner guy living the life or whatever, telling you, you know, whatever. Like, My sweet new podcast set up with these super expensive $30 <laughs> mics. <laughs> yeah, I'm hope you know. Yeah, I think the first, like, two, three, four of these will be kind of just laying a rough framework and hopefully an interesting conversation. And then we'll kind of get into specifics and try to keep it on the track. Like we'll, we'll talk about, you know, whatever it be, social media, the differences um, between stress management and stress relief. And uh, we'll talk about being in the zone. Gary and I were talking about that. Gary's my brother. That'd be a good one I could work, I could talk about with, with cooking. That that's, There's a lot of parallels to that in action sports and, and anything really, action sports. with That, that flow state and that... Um, that being in the zone thing is a really powerful thing. See, one of the problems with, um, I would say, society in general right now, in my opinion, is that the stigma around mental health, the stigma around, like, being an alpha, yeah, alpha male, all those things are kind of not conducive to good mental health, which is ironic. Like, in order to feel good about yourself, you have to be really not dominant but you have to be uh competent mm-hmm. right in order to work towards your goals you need to be competent in that mm-hmm. our society has got got to this place where we like we're starting to we like to frown upon frown at like the winners like if you like because like essentially if, if you're going to look at the richest people and say oh they've only exploited to get there you know if you're gonna look at the, the pinnacle of everything and say that they're just like it's not worth aiming for it kind of destable like you eliminate the biggest axiom in which you're aiming towards your goals and this is i want to bring that back like the stigma that social that um mental illness is like okay it's just like it's a part of you and it's fine yeah that's it's good like we it made it so the conversation is open it Mm -hmm. made it less of a stigma to talk about and we it, it needs to be talked about but it's not a fucking crutch yeah, I was gonna, about to say that. Well, no, having it, that it is a crutch. It's like a crutch when you sprain your ankle, and you're on a crutch for you know. It doesn't have to define you. 
like it's not exactly, like I'm like, an anxious person. That's my fallback reason for everything. Yeah. There's, there's a bigger answer to that question for sure. You yeah, you, you you fall, you twist your ankle up, you get an X-ray, you get an MRI. That's your meditative space. Then you walk with that crutch. Maybe it's a wheelchair. Then it's a crutch. Maybe it's a boot, and then it's an ace bandage. Like it, you work towards being able to walk on your own two feet again. It's not. There's this idea out there now that anxiety and depression is a crutch, and you're going to walk with that crutch forever, and everyone needs to, you know, give you special treatment because of that crutch. Yeah. You do deserve some special. Everyone deserves some special treatment. You deserve to be like, oh wow, where'd you get that crutch? Oh well, you know, I like girlfriend left and. And this and that. It's like, oh, wow. Yeah. That helps you get rid of that crutch. I want to help people get rid of that crutch. Yeah. And like I said, the, it predi- the me- mental health predicates the physical health. And that's what we're going to do here. Hopefully, for the six people that listen to this, make it through the hour. Hey, man, it's, if it's six people, it's still, still pretty powerful. For sure. It's pretty awesome. I don't have a sign off or anything. I haven't really thought about that. I've been thinking about this shit for like three weeks on just how to get the first episode out. Just like. And we got it out. So we'll get there. I'm a, I'm a little upset you don't have the, the Joe Rogan guitar riff queued up for the end. I could, do the, the, uh, <laughs> I could just use that Beethoven song. Yeah, that'd be actually really good. Yeah, so. Sweet, dude. It's one hour, one minute. Yeah, feel free to check out Wrench Life dot com wrench life with the why because there's nothing more valuable than feeling good um you can go to wrenchlife.com slash podcast to to download this if you wanted to have it permanently also there is a donate button on the uh, wrench life site if you like this uh feel free to donate you probably won't you don't have to this episode of the podcast is also brought to you by use the code word rogan (laughs) (laughs) oh jesus christ Double right. blind placebo studies. <laughs> That's not okay. Sorry. Um, <laughs> yeah, so uh, go out there and, uh, you know, wrench your life. Turn that wrench a little bit. Just one, one turn at a time. Be a little bit better than yesterday, all right? That's great. Thank you. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> <laughs>